Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to the Midwest Monsters. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Vinny, Hi, Toddy. Good to be with you here, friends, as we revisit a franchise that we have not talked about in quite a while. We're going to revisit the Scream franchise, which kind of seems uh, like a moot point right now since they just announced the fifth film. I think they did that just to spite us. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to revisit, talk about the four we have a special guest host. Vinny, would you like to introduce the guest host and then let him introduce himself a little bit? Sure. Uh, our guest tonight has been a friend of mine for, I, I would say, knocking on 15 years now. Uh, he's a stand-up comedian. You may know him as the redneck y'all love to hate <laughs> from the viral Facebook videos. But uh, here tonight with us, my friend Brent Terhune. Thanks for having me, guys. Vinny, you're my only contact on the podcast, so don't walk out of the room. Otherwise, we'll have to talk to these guys, and it'll be awkward. <laughs> Brent, uh, where else Where else may uh, the listeners know you from? Yeah, I, I do a podcast with uh, Ryan Niemiller. Your mom and uh, probably knows him from America's Got Talent. Uh, and then I, the other co-host is a guy named Johnny LaQuasto, who was an, an announcer for uh, WWE before everyone got furloughed. So that podcast is called The Cafeteria. And then just from the videos I do online. So if you got, if you like to watch a guy rant in a truck, but not really be angry about what he's ranting about, that's me. So, but uh, yeah. And well, um, I, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Vinny. No, I was just saying we brought you on. Uh, I, you and I, you work a lot during normal circumstances on weekends. So I don't see a whole lot and we live cities apart, but we always tend to run into each other at the horror hound weekends and the, the horror horror conventions in Indianapolis over the years. So I knew that you were into horror movies as well. So I thought you would be a good fit to come on and, and share some, share some airtime with us. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I, usually I run into you at the, the horror cons and I was thinking it's very likely that I've been in the same room as the rest of you guys. Yeah. Just have never met I'm before. Sure. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brent, what one thing I like about your your redneck videos is when they get unironically shared by famous people mm-hmm. <laughs> or politicians. <laughs> yeah, I've had some ones where you can't like. I think the one that always comes to mind is Robin from uh, Howard Stern uh, shared one. Um, I've had Michael Moore share them. But it, that that was the one where he knew what was going on, 
you know, some people share them because it's, I would, you know, they're satirical. So I don't really give you a wink or a nod. So sometimes people will be like, man, this, uh, the, my favorite is just somebody will just comment pathetic. Makes it all the more fun. Yeah, yeah. Brian, I looked looked up one of your videos, and and the best part was that I think it might have been the link you shared, Mm -hmm. but it was a bunch of people pissed off because they're they're kind of discovering that you're making fun of them. Um, It was good times. (laughs) Yeah, I I went to a uh, they had a a Trump train in Indianapolis, so I went to the meetup at the parking lot. Uh, of a movie theater and was uh you know i didn't really talk to anybody but i was i had my prepared jokes and you know i had a mega horn or as i call it a maga horn uh, or a megaphone <laughs> and uh you know chanting run that train and then run a train that kind of stuff so <laughs> is it really called trump train yeah that's where they they'll drive their trucks around and then you know somebody gets in a car accident so. I understand now why why those gay people that support Trump, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that the is that the same event where I think it was, was it Raw Story covered it like it was real? Yeah, where they picked it up and they're like, we found that because I did say I was like I'm the organizer for the Trump yeah. train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then it was so weird me re- literally trying to record and then everybody's horns on their trucks were going off and I'd be like, yeah, we're the silent majority. Like just <laughs> so, oh, good yeah. stuff. Oh, well, thank trip. you for coming on, Brent. Glad. Oh, to thanks have for having me. Glad yes. to have you, dude. All right. So let's talk about <laughs> Scream. Let's start with the first one. We don't typically do dates and details uh, when we're when we're doing these revisits, but Todd, do you know what, what year did the first Scream come out? Was it 96? 96. 96 so scream you know to revisit kind of real quickly my my thoughts and then uh you know professor and i we've already talked about these but just you know i went back and i listened to the episode and one thing that just sticks with me is i remember watching the first scream and knowing it was something significant like i knew that i I didn't want to say like horror was back or anything like that but like i knew that this was a significant milestone uh, for the horror genre, especially in the mid nineties. Yeah. I felt the, felt the same way just because, I mean, the (laughs) age we are, we'd kind of started to enter the horror realm as things were dying out and getting stale. And so there was all this fascination with iconic stuff from before. And so this was one of the first times to echo what you're saying that I could remember thinking like, this is something, this is going to be talked about decades from now. I mean, you just knew it in the theater. There was a palpable energy with young people. It was just a blast. And clearly here we are in 2020 talking about it. So. Yeah. Uh, Brent, we'll give you first dibs. What, uh, what do you remember about when scream came out? How did that hit for you? Uh, it was one of those where I, I've, I was thinking about, I've not seen any of these in the theater. It was all, you know, VHS. Um, but I just remembered this was probably like an introduction to horror because Halloween's my favorite franchise. And I, that's I would always catch that on like AMC. So I forever I had never seen a full Halloween movie. It's just, oh, it's on. I got to sit down and watch it. <laughs> but ho- or, uh, Scream was probably like the first, like, you know, sit down, push play and see all the way through one and two for sure. And just that 
still to this day, the beginning, the first, you know, the, I, I put air quotes around opening. It's a 13 minute opening, but I would put that opening of Scream 1 against almost any other movie, not even horror movie, as far as just being a really good opening. Um, and it's so, it's one of those where you've almost seen that movie just due to the pop culture references and everything else. Um, and I just like how it shows from the very beginning of the movie that, you know, whoever Ghostface is, he's a fumbling, bumbling, like, almost would have gotten caught had they just looked to the left of the front porch, the parents coming home, <laughs> that kind of thing. So that was my introduction. And it's very much tied to scary movie one and two. Oh yeah. <laughs> sure. um, yeah. That was the thing that like uh Ghostface had like one thing I always liked as a kid about Jackie Chan was Jackie Chan was always trying to be like an anti Bruce Lee. Like he wasn't trying to be like a hardcore guy that never got hurt. Jackie Chan said part of his shtick, was that he did screw up and he did get hurt and he would oversell that. And I think that's something that they did with Ghostface that really, by and large, had, hasn't been done um, with any other icon, really. Yeah, no, yeah, uh, you know, Jason Voorhees is not like, he, he's never <laughs> tripped and fallen over a, a footstool or so, like Dick Van Dyke style. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Leatherface was running. He was... Ch- running because when i was a kid you know you'd be like wait i have a few minutes because it's a zombie or it's a big lumbering monster but he's running after you in like a a new house a lot of old movies it's like it's an old scary house but then you could see some of these houses not the big ones when i was a kid you would you'd see it be i could live there but not the big (laughs) ones because my family was poor but uh you'd be like oh this is real because this could happen i've been in that house before you know what i'm saying oh yeah absolutely Absolutely. Uh, Todd or Vinny, opening thoughts. What, what, what about the first time you saw Scream? Um, well, I, uh, I saw Scream in the theater. Um, so I was, uh, I was definitely the 90s nerd that continued seeing horror movies in the theater. Um, so people say the 90s, uh, that Scream kind of uh, brought horror back. Horror was there, but, um, but no one was going to see it. Because I remember seeing like The Relic and like Children of the Corn 2 and um, other fun 90s movies. Um, yeah, they was there, but no one was going to see it. <laughs> yeah, there's maybe maybe six people on a Friday or Saturday night. We went to see Scream. And then, you know, like you said, um, like like even even the, the audience was different. Because uh, you go into Scream and it's it's packed. And uh, I remember it's the, the theater that we have remodeled. And the, the higher numbered ones are uh, like kind of like movies that's been in the theater for a while or about to leave and that's where they put scream at um i don't think nobody expected what scream was going to be because it was it was like sold out um probably when it shouldn't be because i want to say it opened around christmas but not christmas where everybody goes to see a movie um and um yeah i I think uh i think even from the just the opening of the movie because even as uh I just never believed even that uh, Drew Barrymore was going to be killed because of uh, because it's Drew Barrymore and the way the movie was promoted. She was the one that was on every talk show. Uh, pimping out screen. Spoiler, spoiler. spoiler alert. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> kill yourself if you haven't. You don't know that you <laughs> also, uh, things I'm psycho. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, even uh, I think even just that because I'm like, oh well, she stabbed, but. 
she's gonna make it. So as soon as you see that she's dead and it says scream, you're like, okay, what am I in for? Um, it was scary. Um, I can't think of a movie that I was scared of like that um, during that time. And uh, I know movies have done it before with the the meta thing, but to me, it's like movies I probably just didn't care about. So the fact that they're talking about it's it's like they put us in a horror movie because it's horror movie nerds that just sit there and rant about all these movies and then um and then they play with it. So all the, all these um tropes of like don't run upstairs and and all this stuff and don't don't say who's there and um so they played with it uh, pretty well and it's funny but yet the movie was still scary and it, it worked really well and then I saw it probably. Uh, a, a large amount of times in the theater because I kept taking other people that hadn't seen it because then it was enjoyable to sit there and watch them see if they could figure it out or not. So I would have been, I think Todd and I, Todd and I are about the same age. I, I was 18. I was just out of high school when this came out. <clears throat> so if that gives you a lens of, you know, where I was mentally when I went and saw it, I, I did see this in the, in the theater. Why are you trying to ride out our age, Vinny? I was, well, was going to say, for reference, you guys just <laughs> got your AARP cards, right? <laughs> so I saw it in the theater, and I remember that <clears throat> that first, that was 13-minute open. And that, I mean, that sets the tone real quick for you. Real quick for you. Because you're not seeing the killer, for starters. It's a voice, a disembodied voice on the phone. And it is in that suburban set, setting, like you said, Brent, that we're all fairly familiar with. And then you like in the in the opening, you have killed two teenagers. Like you've stabbed two teenagers to death in the opening credits. And just the reaction of the mother when they show up, that really sets the tone. And then fast forward to this past summer with the pandemic with Scream being put back out in drive-ins, I went and saw a double feature of Friday the 13th and Scream with my 13-year-old son. He's just now starting to get into horror. So to sit and watch that first 13 minutes with him and watch his reaction, I could tell he was he was noticeably scared in that first 13 minutes. So it's interesting for me at two different points in my life to see it from my point of view and then to see it from his point of view. So that was my initial experience with, with Scream. Right on. Right on. Uh, so, you know, Scream, <clears throat> Wes Craven, it's, it's got a face full of stars or people that would go on to become stars. And... Um, I don't know where do we go from here. Well, I mean, what do you what do you want to say about the film? Like, what uh, in revisiting this, like, what sticks with you? Why does it still work? Um, anybody want to take a stab at any of those? Stab, <laughs> I like that. Get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one thing I would like to point out um, after revisiting it for this in, is that since we last recorded, um, Wes Craven has passed away, and so as I watched this, it really cemented the fact that this is the perfect example of him. You are seeing Wes Craven on full display because it, it's really a film. I feel like only he could make because it's playful. It's wildly intelligent 
for the the stuff that it's addressing but at the same time it doesn't flinch away like a lot of movies would to make more money uh we still get some gore we still get some good scares but at the same time it completely tackles this in 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 just the classic Wes Craven intelligent manner of flipping everything on its head and really jumping into back into the genre that in a lot of ways had kind of pushed back at him after things like vampire in Brooklyn. And so I feel like this was his way of saying, not only am I going to help myself, I'm going to help this decade. It, it is one of those things where the movie I think is so good. It's a, it's a shame because then you got to see the trickle down effect of everybody wanting to be scream after that. So if you saw all those other movies before this one, and then you, you wouldn't think anything, you'd be like, Oh, this movie's, not that good because it's doing all those tropes, but it's like, that's the movie that started it, which yeah. sucks that, you know, everybody feels like they have to, you know, take from it or whatever, not necessarily take, but it's that whatever the genre is down from to even the poster, you can, you know, oh, see yeah. the next 10 years of, Oh, they're all in that almost V thing. Like the way geese fly or something. <laughs> yes. You know, it's, it is. And I've, Again, that's back to what, what I said, where you have seen a lot of the movie without seeing the movie in pop culture. I, get, I think that's a testament to how good a movie is when it's now it's the it's the go to reference. You know, it's funny you bring that up about like what came after that and kind of the misfortune of that in that we uh, we covered the I know what you did last summer franchise not too long ago and like some of us just had like this misremembering. We were like, why don't I own that? Why don't I have more fond memories of that? And we went and we watched it and we covered it for the show. We're like, Oh, Oh, cause it's just not good. Like it's just not, it's not on par with scream at all. You can't even sniff it, you know? And so it's funny that like, but again, same kind of cover art films full of those familiar faces of like, you know, even taking somebody from the same sitcom, or not sitcom, but TV drama, a party of five that Nev Campbell yeah. was in, taking well, a co-star. Well, that's Kevin Williamson too, isn't it? Yeah, what yeah, the, and and just... taking Sarah Michelle Gellar, who was in Scream Two. Like it's like they tried, tried, but it's like man, not even. Close. And and Scream Scream absolutely was that breath of fresh air because by the time it had come out, the Freddies, the Jasons, the Michael Myers. That had been beaten to death. Every one of those franchises were at the worst of their movies at that point. And there were a million knockoffs of those. So Scream was this self-aware thing that was winking at the audience by pointing out all of the tropes and the rules. And so it was this fresh take. And this, this works for the first one, but as a whole for the series, it's a detriment for me because of what I like in a, in a horror movie. There's no supernatural element. Which, by the time all those other ones were done, even Michael Myers, you're into supernatural elements by the end of that franchise. And Scream didn't. It was bare bones, took it all down. It was just somebody in a costume killing people. Which at that time was fresh. Yeah, and the, the I guess the one thing that does age it, and that's most movies can't escape it, is the the technology references. I mean, you know, you went from having a cellular telephone 
you know, I just saw, noticed how much they mentioned that in the first one. I was like, God, nobody even says that anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think at a certain point, Holly, Hollywood should just agree to have a square phone and it's a touch screen. <laughs> and cause you can definitely tell when a movie was made based on the phone, which really takes me out of a movie. And I know that's a dumb reason to be taken out of a movie, but uh, you could just, it ages it, but it, it still works because it was like, you know, even in that movie where they're like, how do you, why do you have this cellular telephone? And I'm like, well, doesn't everybody have those, you know, but no, of course they didn't. But so it, with that premise, it, it, it works, but yeah, just the technology part is, is uh, takes me out of it a little bit. I would say like, uh, especially trying to be meta that even the series, uh, the series changes because of the technology. Cause by part two, caller ID was coming out to where people mm-hmm. had it. So they made it kind of a, uh, there's a few scenes where she's looking at her color ID and like, oh, well, this is so-and-so. And uh, <laughs> yeah. by the fourth movie, they're using um, webcams and on these devices people are holding. Was not uh, used as well in Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> 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 you'll, never, you'll never miss a chance to take a shot at that one. No, I won't. <laughs> Nor should I. They earned it. Um, so... You know, I think as we wrap up the first film, you know, it's important to kind of revisit who the killer is at the end of each film because of how they try to weave things together and then don't and then do again. But, you know, you've got this idea of Billy Loomis, who's doing it because Sidney's mom lured away his dad. And so he's kind of doing and his mom leaves town because of that. And then his buddy, Stu, what was Stu's reason again? He loved Billy. Blackie. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So you've got kind of a, a Columbine vibe going on. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's going to come up again in part two, but then not for the next two. Um, and, you know, you've got this idea because we're trying to figure out where Sydney's dad has gone to. Um, you know, we get kind of a bait and switch with Billy a couple times to where we think it's him and then it's not. Then we think it's him, then it's not. And so, um, I don't know. I mean, not a super unique ending, but still enough to be memorable. I never saw it being two people coming. Yeah, me either. When I saw it the first time, I never saw it being two people. That so they got me on that. <clears throat> And to Skeet Ulrich's credit, he plays that part pretty well um, because he uh, because I think Johnny Depp was every- too old to do it. Well, I think. Well, that's the thing. I think everybody is just assuming it's like, oh, Craven got a Depp knockoff. But he uh, he really by the end of it, I think he owns it pretty well. I, I don't think that'd be necessarily the easiest role to play where you're playing the the dreamy boyfriend who's then basically psychotic. Do you think that as the years have gone by, he regrets that name? Patrick Chappelle show. Skeet, skeet, skeet. I would say even uh, I, I would say like uh, Wilson brought up earlier about the the testament of Craven was even the casting of because um, he does he looks a lot like Johnny Depp who literally was the boy next door in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. So um, and that nod to Psycho of like um. You know, they cast Anthony Perkins, the boy next door, um, because it would it would throw viewers off. Um, 
But again, I think this movie was really smart because at, at least five or six times I thought it was Billy. And then especially when he's killed or so you think, um, like, well, it's not him. Um, so even that was played really well. I think, um, I had no idea. I, I, I didn't, it blew my mind when it, when he shot, um, uh, Randy shoots and, uh, kind of reveals that he's the killer. And then when Stu comes in and you find out there's two, I have to say though, as a, it doesn't run these films at all, but, do you kind of think of scary movie at all when you're watching these now, like a few scenes, um, like the voice box? I don't know. There's a few lines from scary movie, like uh, like where they're chasing, uh, Ghostface is chasing them. And I think in scary movie one, she's throwing like her grandma and the piano and <laughs> everything else at him. So um, just kind of like rewatching these, I thought of scary movie a few times in a few scenes. But yeah, there's definitely a couple. I mean, I think pop culture wise, I think that Scary Movie One and Two are so ingrained in this franchise <laughs> that you can't not think of them. Uh, I mean, Brent brought it up earlier. I don't know if, if if he was on the nose or joking, but like, I mean, dead honest, like you know, even Carrie and I rewatching this stuff, we're watching it. Like, yeah, I always think of Scary Movie with that scene. Oh yeah, I always think about when he stabs her and her implant comes out. Like, I mean, like all these things. It's like. <laughs> God, it tainted our viewing experience of Scream for the future. There's a cruel irony there, too, because I think Wes Craven held on to these films and kept directing them because Nightmare on Elm Street had turned so comical. Mm. And so even still, when he directed these, they still found a way to get jokes attached to it. Yeah. Um, Oh, go ahead, Brent. I do like when the, the, the final scene and they... You know they have to stab each other. They they stab each other, and then they're also like, "All right, let's stab the dad now and untie him." Like that, the stabbing each other should be the last part that you guys do. <laughs> like you don't do shots and then go back to work. Like you know what I'm saying? Like so that's something I never noticed. Because they go, "All right, let's let's do the dad now and then set up the rest." I'm like, "No, man, you're bleeding. Ever. I'm feeling woozy for you." <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I that's watching the rest of the franchise makes me realize how good this one is. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and I have to say, I think that very possibly Matthew Lillard is the best actor in the whole movie. I think you're right. And I and and it's it's easy to not realize that because of the douchebag that he's playing. But when you you know once you take into account the other movies Matthew Willard has been in, you, you realize how good of a job he really was doing in this movie. Because yeah, what is it you always say about Nev Campbell, Professor? One expression. <laughs> and it's true. She has one expression. Yep. Whether she's love-struck or happy or scared, it's, yeah. it's always that it's same like, thing. She always looks like she just woke up to the best news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I will 100% tell you that when I went and saw this movie to begin with, she was 75% of the reason I went to go watch this movie. <laughs> Big 90s crush on Nev Campbell. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anything left to say about the first screen movie before we roll on? I think something we left out too is is um, is Roger Jackson, which is the voice of uh, Ghostface. Um. I think that kind of adds to the movie itself too. Uh, I had no idea till a long 
maybe even just a few years ago that he's also the voice of Mojo Jojo in Powerpuff Girls. But, uh, <laughs> That's funny. Man, I, I, I know they've auditioned other people, but he was he was perfect because um, uh, that first scene with Drew, like when it calls, it's almost it's almost like it could be uh, like a flirty guy. But man, when he turns it up, like I think I think he added to the series and, and the fact that they um, they kept him throughout, too, was uh, was really smart because. Um, also, I think I read that the um, West never would let them meet him. Yeah, and they would do the calls. They would actually do the phone calls as they filmed it. So, hmm. do we? Did anybody look into like who who was playing Ghostface? Like, do we know if it was like actually Skeet it playing Ghostface or anything like that? I didn't. I didn't look too far into I that. I feel but. like it wasn't because I feel like I feel like maybe the guy from My Bloody Valentine did a couple of the. Ghostface killer. I know it's been some of the stuntmen. So yeah, I was gonna say more stuntmen. Mm-hmm. There's there's a know. whole uh, there's a whole like web adventures you can take uh, where people have uh, mapped out who they think in each movie who the Ghostface would be uh, that would be doing the uh, killing. Whether it be uh, Billy or yeah, like in uh, the first one, it'd be Billy or I Stu. Gotcha. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah, Ghostface takes some serious bumps throughout the franchise, so I'd imagine it's oh, like ridiculous shit. Let's be honest. By got to be a stuntman behind that mask. Yeah. Uh, one last thing. Speaking of technology, you know, we talked about how phones have changed over time. I'm still pretty salty that we don't have like a good portable voice changer that we can use and hold in front of our phones. Uh, I thought that was way cooler back then. Now I realize it would just be creepy, but still, I don't know why we don't have it. So, yeah, I mean, I think the closest thing we have is Home Alone Two, the <laughs> recorder thing, whatever that is. Yeah, talk boy. The I talk remember boy. getting yeah. one of those and being wildly disappointed with using it in real life. <laughs> this is the father. <laughs> following year so 1997 man cranked it out uh they really really did uh and and, and with scream 2 uh not only did they crank it out but they had to change stuff because i think scream 2 is a, uh maybe one of the first ones of uh the time period where things kept getting leaked so they would have to do rewrites yeah, yeah they kept a lot probably of probably for the best because if you if you know about some of the original stuff i think it worked out better but what was some of the original stuff, Todd? Um, am I allowed to spoil Scream 2? <laughs> I hope our viewers have watched it by now. <laughs> so there originally was four killers. Um, so, um, God, I just want to blank on What's the fat kid's name from Stand By Me? Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. So the boyfriend and her best friend were also the killers, along with... Uh, Timmy Al- Timothy Alpha and um, Lori Metcalf. So, um, so I don't know. There's a, a few scenes where it kind of adds that uh, maybe they could be, but I, I think it was better that they weren't. I think. Yeah, whoever better. leaked that should have got a bonus. Yeah. So good job. <laughs> That's that phenomenon of you had Jaws once, so now you got to have bigger Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think um, a lot of people out like Scream Two better than the first one. It I would say the reason it is at least a good sequel is because how they did the first one with horror movies, they do this one with sequels, where they're constantly talking about how sequels suck and 
uh, you know, and, and and most of the time they do. I think Scream Two is not as good as the first one, but I think it's, it's a good. Season. So I just want to say this from the top. You know how when we revisit franchises, we talk about which ones we like best based on this point in our life, right? Because when we know we'll revisit them, etc. But I think at this point in my life, Scream Two might be my least favorite Scream movie. Your favorite? I was like, since you're not in college, get out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah go ahead uh, professor Todd did you see your message from Vinny there Courtney Cox's bangs are alright in part 2 so <laughs> yeah they really they don't make a heel turn until part 3 so. <laughs> Whew, yeah uh, I realized I, I don't know Scream 2 the, some of the things I don't like about it is it's in that but it is a natural progression you take it out of the small town and you take it to college it's a natural progression for the characters so i understand why they did it you start to get into this there's a movie being made about it this is where you again you're looking it's a natural progression i understand why but when you start to get into movies being made and all that kind of thing, you start to lose, for me, that connection with those characters as real people because it starts to leave your, my realm of reality and what I know. So I think you, I, me personally, I get a little disconnect with the characters because of the, the move with the plot devices, though I understand why they did it. I also just find it odd that everybody decided to go to the same school or show up. <laughs> school. That is how that is how life works. <laughs> Saved by the Bell, nine hundred two one zero. You always you follow your friends, <laughs> even if that means you can't get into school and you got to go get a new job in another town. That's what you do. Yeah, I went to Ivy Tech. Uh, whatever the <laughs> Ivy Tech version of whatever school Nev Campbell was going to. <laughs> yeah, have you guys ever been in a movie theater that's that rowdy at the beginning? No, <laughs> when I went to when I went to see Scream Two, there was a fight. So, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> did Jada Pinkett Smith get stabbed? Were <laughs> uh, you stabbed somebody? I think the only opening night I ever went to that was comparable, strangely enough, was The Water Boy. Don't know why. <laughs> um, my favorite during that rowdy opening at the theater is like a middle-aged woman goes running by the camera with a fake knife. I'm like, who in the hell is doing this? <laughs> I was going to say, that Professor. was great, though. Professor, was it like that night at one of the Star Wars premieres where people uh, chanted my name until I did the truffle shuffle in a full theater? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Similar to that. <laughs> I worked at the movie theater when the water boy came out and I remember my boss coming out and, and trying to yell at everybody. And somebody just said, you suck. And threw a whole thing of popcorn <laughs> on her. And she just walked back up front full of shame and gave up. And I was like, I don't know if I want to stay for the rest of this movie. I did have that happen. It was a packed theater. And you know, the teenager comes out with the flashlight and is like, yeah, are you here to see the Dark Knight or whatever it was? And then somebody in the pack theater just goes, uh, shut up. <laughs> and then you could just see the kid just his head literally sunk and then he walked out of the theater. And I never felt I didn't do it, but I was I never felt bad, but 
was such a funny moment at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Moments later, that kid passed himself away. <laughs> we are, and that, and that boy was Todd Strait. <laughs> Spoiler alert: I lived. <laughs> um, just a, a fun tidbit here, but uh, me and uh, the professor, we went to the theater. <clears throat> Uh, oh did yeah! We know, did we know it was Scream Two? I think there's like ten movies. I was like, "What?" Yeah, it was Nightmare on Elm Street Four and uh, that, and there were some other ones. But I know we went there for those two. I'm gonna be it's, honest. Uh, I tried to steal the Ghostbuster poster, which was you completely open. But I was like, yeah. "How am I gonna get this on the airplane with us?" So, yeah, is it the Rialto <laughs> in Pasadena? Just stealing posters from all the most famous theaters in the country. Well, it was closed and. <laughs> It, not closed like after hours. It was closed. Uh, hopefully not permanently, but um, and it was a ginormous Ghostbuster poster. It was hard to not try to steal that. <clears throat> so I think one reason I don't know, as I thought about why this is currently my least favorite of the Scream franchise, is like I feel because like you this, saw it. You know that too, but I feel like. <laughs> Does anyone else feel like this one takes itself more seriously than the first one even does? In in a weird in a weird way, I, I think there's some steep scenes that add, but at the same time distract. Is like, like the fact that she's trying to be an actress, and uh, like the play stuff is almost a little weird. Um, I don't know. There's way more characters that you have to kind of deal with, and. Um, Honestly, they kind of cheat a little bit, too, because how can you guess who the killer is in this one, to be honest? I mean... Yeah. I did. Yeah, I... I... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you uh, go I ahead. was going to say, I forgot all about the uh, sing-along scene in the cafeteria <laughs> or whatever it was. I was trying to be nice, but I don't know why, but let's just be honest. Uh, this is the gayer sequel. <laughs> <laughs> he like, said it, guys, not us. The <laughs> only yes. thing... What... The only thing worse than a David Cassidy song is Jerry O'Connell singing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. Pretty, pretty bad. That's an interesting question, though. I don't know if it takes it itself more serious or if the cast just isn't as colorful, if they're just not as good overall. I feel like, I feel like too, because this is, I think, the only one of the series, too, that could have pulled off some of the deaths because Tim- Timothy Oliphant's a big dude. Because uh, there's no way that Stu and shit's going to pick up Sarah Michelle Geller and throw her off a balcony. Um, you will you will refer to him as Timothy Olafantastic from this point <laughs> forward. Elefante. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Timothy Olafant's work. Oh, can't tell. Cover that. Uh, up. I know <laughs> that on the the previous Scream episode that you guys did, I listened to it. Uh, y'all y'all took issue with how Randy went out in this movie. Still do. Which, it's always funny to me to listen to anybody uh, say anything good about that actor. Because trust me, of all people coming from me, I couldn't agree more. Because <laughs> uh, most of the people I know who uh, I know Jamie Kennedy from are are people from the comedy business, and it is never a pleasant story about it. Brent, have you ever got to open for Jamie Kennedy? No, because I've heard people talk about opening for him and i was just like no i'll i'm okay <laughs> yeah, I, not, uh, 
Nobody's profile picture is them and Jamie Kennedy. That's what I'm <laughs> I don't know if uh, Hot Toddy remembers, but I actually offended Jamie Kennedy in person. Um, waiting at, We were waiting in line. I think Mad Chan was meeting Chris Marquette or somebody. I can't remember, but we were standing there, and Todd asked me, because we're standing right next to Kennedy's table, are you going to meet Jamie this weekend? And I looked over at his table, and I was like, for $40? No, I don't need that guy's autograph. And I look over, and he's staring at me. Because <laughs> he was only like four feet from me. I just turned around and thought, oh, boy. So I, I did meet him, and it was it was awkward. He uh, They had to call him down from the room, because I was being patient. But um, the fact that, let's be real, David Arquette knew that his sister was dying at any moment. Yeah. And, and, and you could not tell by him anything that man did he was so nice and pleasant and he stayed until the very last minute that he could to meet as many fans yeah he did um, so the fact that he did that and then jamie kennedy was kind of shitty because they called him down from his room for being drunk to come down and sign my poster that i had went back to the table like 20 times to get signed um and then he was he made some i i, I took the experience and made it better while it was happening but he kept bitching about even the poster i'm I didn't do the marketing, dude. Like, because he kept. Oh, he was bitching because he wasn't on it. Yeah, he? he's not on the poster. Well, it's because you're a nerd, but <laughs> you're not as pretty as the other people. Yeah, uh, and that's David you Arquette. Hit him with a, you got hit him with it. Shut up, nerd. <laughs> David Arquette that weekend. I knew. I know some people who were staff at that con, and they said because he actually got the text the last day that uh, his sister had died. And yep. he stayed, and they said that he went out to the fans and was all smiles and pictures, and then took a break, went into the bathroom, broke down, gathered himself back up, and went back out and finished out the day. So big ups to David Arquette for taking care of yeah. the fans when everyone absolutely would have understood if he would have left. Which yep. I, th- I think for the most part, the ones that do the conventions um, – because like Matthew Lillard, Matthew Lillard pushed his table to the wall and stands up the whole time to meet his fans, so he uh, interacts more with you. And and Skeet was uh, I thought maybe kind of a little uh, much of an asshole, but I realized he's just I think he's kind of shy and more reserved. That's what um, people have been saying about Tom Savini for years, and <laughs> <laughs> everybody I know just calls that being a dickhead. No, <laughs> no, he was. He seemed more reserved. Um, <laughs> It's probably a little bit out of his element, but yeah, I think for the most part, like like David Arquette, Matthew Lillard, especially, like they're pretty stellar to me. So I've always well, heard good things about Matthew Lillard. I want to bring this all back to Scream Two. <laughs> and uh, do we have to? Because this this conversation I, is much more. I, I am enjoying this conversation more, but uh, back to Jamie Kennedy and the way he went out before that. I want to say that I appreciate uh, in the previous episode where we talked about this that Professor pointed out that uh, Scream 1 and 2 are the only time I ever enjoyed Jamie Kennedy, and I have to agree <laughs> with that sentiment. <laughs> yes. I did I did like the kill because it was, you know, he gets dragged into that van. That's his kill, right? Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. But then it was also in public in daytime, which I always, you know, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, I didn't even know you could do that. Like as a killer, you know, <laughs> I thought it had to be dark and at a house or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm not uh, sure I, that it's legal. But. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to say, I feel like almost like that might've been added in. Cause it almost feels out of place when it, when it 
I don't know if they intended him to, because David Arquette, uh, Dewey was supposed to die in the first movie. So yeah. um, I don't know if Randy was maybe supposed to live in the second movie, but maybe they got tired <laughs> of Jamie Kennedy. I did. A, go ahead. I did hate to see that character go because essentially, you know, if you're a horror fan, that's me and that's you guys. You know, you're like, oh, you can't do that. That I that I just was that character two seconds ago. Um, but <laughs> I hated to see that character go because I, you know, I just love that self-referential type, you know, character. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I think we said that in our original episode too about just it was a mistake if this was uh, the plan to at least do a trilogy to not only thump him out in part two, but do it in a way that his character probably wouldn't have had to happen because he was so well-versed in, in talking about these things and how people put themselves in situations and uh, backing himself into a situation just really kind of was a disservice to his character, but his character brought um, a lot of, as you mentioned, uh, colorness to it as a horror fan that was more for what so many of us leaned into he was kind of the centerpiece of it i don't have he was your point power. of reference yeah right and well, just to, one more thing to follow up on what we discussed earlier if you are in malibu's most wanted you don't make it on future posters that's just the way it works <laughs> if uh if, if it's not a clear indication that they made a mistake that in part three they still figured out a way to bring him back not in a good way but the fact that they did that, they know that they made a mistake um, yeah. by doing by doing his death in two. And honestly, it's probably what was missing a little bit in the fourth movie. Although you had uh, some of the new generation trying to be Randy, but uh, not as good. Yeah. Good times. I, I do also like to point out that in a lot of these movies, there's always like a a lockdown or a curfew and uh, kind of like uh, happening right now in the country. People are like, Hey, stay inside. Something bad's happening. And people are like, Nope, we're going to a barn party. <laughs> Don't you tell me I can't see my grandma. I haven't seen in 10 years. <laughs> I didn't want to see her till you told me I couldn't. <laughs> I've been ignoring grandma on purpose, <laughs> but no. Boys. So, uh, Matthew Lillard does, uh, he does have like a little, uh, uh, I don't know if it's cameo, but he is, he is in Scream 2, if you've ever noticed, have you guys seen him in the party scene? Yeah, I forgot about it until, uh, until our previous trivia tidbit guy, uh, had mentioned it in the previous episode. (laughs) Well, there's a new, better one, but he has blonde hair, uh, in the sequel. The reason I'm bringing it up is because, um, that was one of the things I had heard, which, uh, again, kind of stupid. If it was him, uh, I've never thought about the fact that maybe Stu lived until part five got kicked out. Um, cause, uh, cause that might be what five is about. But anyways, I had heard that he had a, a twin brother. And so I think that was another angle that they were trying Son, to go with. Are they, I hope they don't. Cause that is the weakest shit I've ever heard. My, so, he had a twin. For, and it was uh, a dream. So for five, <laughs> because, uh, I think for five, which was supposed to be what four was going to be about. I think they're going to use it for five, which is that Stu didn't die. And no one mentioned it through all those other movies. Well, no, yeah. because he's protected under this law uh, by these liberals created. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do. I don't know if you guys notice, and I don't know if it's even part of trivia or anything, but Jerry O'Connell, there's a couple of scenes where he's drinking a Mickey's 
and then <clears throat> like he's drinking a Mickey's and then later when he's like strung up, uh, essentially being crucified, there's a, a bottle of Mickey's in the back. And then I, then be, me being the horror sleuth, I was like, and the killer's name is Mickey. Mm. So, so then I was looking mm. for something being named Aunt Jackie. And the whole movie. <laughs> I did see a lot of salt. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know if that was a coincidence or something, but I'm probably thinking too much about it. But uh. I thought you were going to say that they went real meta, and a lot of times he was he was standing by people. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to wrap that Boo up. this so man. <laughs> well, uh, bonus points. Think about what kind of mixed drink you would call an Aunt Jackie. <laughs> Get back to it. <laughs> 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 Whew, boy all so, right so, so we want to hit the 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 killer reveal here do it benny well i don't i was wanting you to because i don't remember the character's name <laughs> take control benny uh no, debbie, debbie saul and and mickey okay <laughs> so Be- yeah so it's actually Lori metcalf aka aunt becky uh, aunt jackie jackie aunt jackie yeah don't boy. don't bring that hell upon us not becky, you becky suck too. your teeth uh is actually billy loomis's mom who lost weight and had plastic surgery and that's why gail weathers best reporter in the world couldn't recognize her and uh and then it's uh mickey the uh the timothy old fans character the 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 new randy i remember being in the theater and I remember rolling my eyes so <laughs> hard at it being his mom. I was just like, give me a fucking break. So the uh, idea is, is she's got this axe to grind with Sydney because not only like why Sydney? All right. So she's mad at Sydney because Sydney's mom, mom seduced her husband because she then, was fat. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then Sydney protects herself against her son who's trying to kill her but you know what fuck sydney let's let's offer right? that, that is a deleted scene where she goes i don't hate you because i was fat i was <laughs> fat because i hate you <laughs> i uh the, these revisits i think i texted you guys and <clears throat> told you that i realized that uh, dr loomis in rob zombies halloween movies is just gail weathers <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, I I guess uh, probably my favorite kill in the series maybe is that uh, recording studio kill with Dewey. I th- Dewey and uh, Courtney Cox. I will say that. I don't know. I was just looking at the rest of my notes, but uh, I did enjoy <laughs> that kill. Good, good. I, I I think one of the most enjoyable things, and I, I'm um, man. Um, Dwayne is it Dwayne Campbell? Is that the actor's name? The the cameraman. Oh, oh great yeah. value, Bill Bellamy. So the fact that, <laughs> the fact though, that he he did he did actually do it. Uh, you know, because they gripe about what stupid people do through these whole movies, yet they all get killed. He actually did go fuck this. Yeah. I'm black. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, he did. He actually didn't. He like the actor requested that. Yeah, yeah, I right? listened to him talk about it because Wes Craven said, "Okay, I'm listening. Let's talk about this." Okay, you're how do you leave? And he goes, "I call a taxi." <laughs> He's like, "My people don't stay 
for this kind of shit. We leave. <laughs> and so there he is with a taxi pulling up. It's great. Which again, kind of like Drew, because uh, Drew was supposed to be uh, Sydney Prescott, and she convinced Wes Craven that it's more fun if she was the other character. So I think that's another thing too is Wes as a director um, is is definitely open to. I, I think it makes the movies better because again, if you read especially the sequels of Scream, some of the early stuff, if if they wouldn't have done some um, changes, it would have been it would been bad. What did uh, what did what did you guys think of the ending of part two? I know Vinny said he rolled his eyes. Other than it's, the, um, in, in the stall at the beginning of the movie, it's almost kind of like a, a, a throwback to Friday the 13th where you keep hearing like, um, something ooh, about baby. mom. And... <laughs> <laughs> I wish. No, wrong Friday the 13th. Um, <laughs> You said you hear stuff about the mom. I didn't. I didn't. Well, you can hear whispering about like uh, almost kind of like I'll get her, Jason. Kind of like this. You can't really make it out, but um, I, I definitely hear the word mom and something or other. But um, but again, I didn't mind it. But there wasn't even really any clues as to that she would have been the killer. Um, this one wasn't as fun to guess because there is just no way you're going to guess them. So. Well, and you're already walking into it trying to guess from the beginning. Yeah. And as a re- and they're already at a disadvantage because they know the audience is going in. So any nods that they give, everybody's looking for clues to figure out what it is. So by the time it happens, you're like, what? Well, I'll be, yeah. I'll be honest. When, uh, when, when Cotton Weary shows up at the end and then Courtney Cox walks through the door, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, shit. Because I thought they were the killers. Uh, yeah, I, then, I think the ending that they went with would have been better served if we hadn't had Aunt Jackie parading around as the obnoxious reporter. I think if we would have just brought her out as as who funded this kid, paid for his tuition to do this at the school and terrorize him, that would have been more impactful because... Everybody is expecting the whodunit aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So to kind of not pander to that, I think would have better suited the overall kind of mission and vibe of this franchise. So I didn't need you to dangle her in, in front throughout the movie. That didn't make it any more surprising. It just made it less plausible because if yes. she's doing that, she's not doing what she's doing through the movie. Right. And also have Laurie Metcalf play that character. I don't know about back then, but now in rewatches, you're like, well, she's somebody. She's just not coming on to play a reporter and not have a role farther than that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, it was like I think that seven goes, came out. I think that goes back to, you know, my idea. Like, again, I wanted to be clear that I do enjoy this movie. I, I don't dislike this movie but it's my least favorite in the franchise. And I think part of that is because it, it does have such a serious tone and it takes itself so seriously to have that kind of ridiculous of a twist at the end is a big disservice to it. I, I still really enjoy it. And I, I totally agree though with what Wilson just said, because uh, you know, Linda Blair plays a reporter in scream. If they would have had her in the one scene, you would have probably just been like, Oh, they're just kind of doing a fun little nod. Cause right. Roseanne psycho or something. But um, she screamed the national anthem. Um, but uh, but yeah, all the other scenes that she's in is 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 really weird and and bizarre. 
And I think that they might have done it for the fact that people do gripe when, you know, it's like, it's a who done it, but then you never see him. But you know what? That that's not true because again, back to Friday the Thirteenth, everybody was okay that when because um, there was enough clues about a boy named Jason that when his mom shows up, everybody's fine with it. So I think they could have done the same thing. Scream Two for me was a serviceable sequel throughout the movie. Once it hit the ending, I thought the ending was a letdown, and. From this point forward, no sequels changed my mind that it should have been left with just Scream. I don't feel like any sequel has ever lived up to the original, which you can say for a lot of things. Um, but I really find from this point on, see, the sequels are just terribly unnecessary and cash grabs. But again, <clears throat> this is coming from somebody who was very aware of horror previous to Scream. And I understand that there's going to be a generation of people who did this is their frame of reference for horror. This is what got them into horror. And there wasn't much available during this era. But, and we also know I like a supernatural aura to my horror as well. So this isn't going to hit for me like it would a lot of people. But two, I enjoyed well enough serviceable sequel, but I honestly felt by the end of it, it was, I was kind of hoping they wouldn't make any more by the time I had finished two. Which, uh, you know, they sold this as a trilogy. All right. Which You uh, say so, bud. You aren't a Hollywood nope. insider, Vinny, you stooge. <laughs> they, well, the, no, because when, when Scream got popular, they actually, uh, Kevin Williamson said that in an interview, that um, – uh, the the original the original scream was a scary movie was the title because he kept, it was a reminder that he wanted to make a movie that was scary and when he went in and he sold it to uh, the Weinstein brothers it was this is a trilogy and he had uh, uh, an idea of two and an idea of three I don't think the idea of three ever really happened but I must have missed that on my AOL homepage that day. <laughs> <laughs> I still have AOL, so I can pull it up for you. Do you have the, one of those free discs for 5,000 hours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, wrap it up, Screen 2, and roll into Screen 3. I believe the year was 2000, Todd. Is that correct? In the year 2000. <laughs> in the year 2000. <laughs> so, uh, Sorry. I, I think uh, I think this originally was supposed to be 99, and before they started fil filming, and I think that might be some of the changes, was Columbine did happen. Um, though they mentioned high school, I don't know how the hell they would have fit high school into Scream 3, but um, sure. Uh, and then Kevin Williamson at this point was doing a lot of stuff, so um, Aaron Kruger um, wrote the script for this one instead of Kevin Williamson. Which, so, if you didn't Freddy know, Krueger. is Freddy Krueger's sister. Brother. Well, was. Let's not <laughs> assume genders. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Scream 3. Hollywood. Scream goes to Hollywood. Uh, you know what's fun is that... You know what's fun? This movie. I'm not going to lie. This movie is so silly and off the wall. And um, I like it. So, boom, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Brent Turin, what do you think? 
Uh, this is my least favorite of the four. <laughs> In your face. Yeah. Just got served. Uh, yeah, I, I had to look up. I knew it was the year 2000 because I was watching with my wife and I said, look at those bangs. And I'm not a guy that's ever been like, man, look at that hair. I'm not that guy. So that's how bad they were. And she goes, she had to ask Alexa what year this came out. And then she was like, yeah, see, that was big back then. I was like, well, unfortunately it was, I guess. But um, I do think Dewey dresses like everybody's grandpa throughout the whole franchise. <laughs> it's not a members only jacket, but it's that jacket your grandpa would wear. Um, and I think this one totally negates the first one, you know, which is what they said in the rules. You know, oh, it was it was Stu and uh, what's his face. But then it was actually Roman pulling the strings. Um, yeah, this is just not my favorite one, but I do appreciate uh, Jane Silent Bob calling uh, Courtney Cox, Connie Chung. So (laughs) (laughs) that, that, uh, that scene alone, I I didn't care. Like at the time I thought it was funny, but watching it now, you just, if it was a, if it was the actors playing them, but a movie that's about being meta and you have two fictional characters show up in it as the playing the actual characters. um, This is my least favorite of the three um i'm sure abner knew that and that's why he threw it to somebody else but <laughs> thank you brent for uh well, throwing we're it down in cahoots. <laughs> <laughs> um and and saying that i still because i like i like the whole series so i still there's still a lot of cool stuff about this but um for all the things i complained about too they heightened it even more in this one um except now it's like actors playing them and um the the end was fun, but um, I don't know. There's just something missing in this one. And then to make it even weirder, it, again, back to Friday the 13th, but there's this weird stuff with her mom. And it's almost felt to me like supernatural. And I know that their way of going back was like, well, she was dreaming. Um, but again, this movie got changed so much. Um, so the original ending that I read was that Stu was actually in prison and he is getting copycats to kill. So Columbine shot that down literally. Um, and then um, the, uh, I can't think of her name, but the actress that's playing Sydney's character in the movie stab, she was going to be the Parker second killer. No, she plays Courtney Cox's. Yeah. Which I do. I do love me some Parker Posey though. But uh, so the, uh, the, the other is girl was Tori spelling. To be- no, no, you're talking about in the new movie. Okay, not Stan. Okay, so, good. Uh, the, she's the girl that keeps saying that she won the role. Yes. Um, she was going to be the second killer. And the weird thing is, um, they still filmed the movie like there's two killers. So there's a lot of scenes that, like, how the hell did he get under a body bag as her mom? I don't know. It's just, this one's the worst to me, but I still like it, so... Yeah, it, it's I, definitely the worst, and I definitely don't still like it. I think this movie is straight fucking doo doo, <laughs> just fucking doo doo. I, I I don't appreciate the celebrity cameos. Like to me, it shows how commercial it had become in such a short amount of time. Like it felt like I was watching Cannonball Run with all the fucking <laughs> celebrity guest appearances. On it. And that the ending was, I mean, 
come on. You you started from the beginning. You had me in a small Midwestern town, which is always the best place to to put these movies. Uh, and then by this one, you've removed anything that I connected with by being in Hollywood. Now Sydney's mom, who is the town whore, well, she left for a couple years and was a fucking movie star in that two years, but under a different name. And she fathered an, another child, or she mothered another child who is now grown up and Don't is a director. Role. But it's just fucking stupid. Like when they revealed who the killer was, I was even madder than I was. In the, and I was like, I knew I shouldn't have watched this. I knew I shouldn't have watched it. It was just, ugh. ugh. Hate it. Uh, I I don't hate the one that she's on the, act, the actual movie lot being chased by uh, 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 I was I almost said called him Scareface uh, <laughs> Ghostface yes you know Scareface the, the great value version <laughs> I do I just do like that setting of you know I like when they show you a set in just either it's you know DVD extras or anything but I do like that as a setting in the movie but you know to todd to your point where you're like oh it's the mom walking around and scratching at the window like uh you know that kid from uh whatever the vampire movie is um <laughs> salem's salem's lot. <laughs> yeah salem's lot yes at the pawn at the window that was the scariest part of this movie for me because at first when i first saw this i was like oh are they going a completely different direction of course they didn't but um yeah i like you know, like you guys said, I'm I'm not a huge fan. I I like this; it's fine, but I it's not my go-to. I think that was um, on the box was it's fine. <laughs> the yeah. review, yeah, you know, I I I wasn't sure as these came out if anybody would ever top the first one. And after watching this one, I'm confident that they didn't uh, because I <laughs> I I think. It's important to point out, I think that the, the films in this franchise remain quality, but this is the weakest entry um, out of all of them. I think it has the, the least to say. I think it's heavier on comedy than it is on scares or, or the violence that we've had leading up to it, where they kind of had a good balance of that with a lot of the tongue-in-cheek humor and you know referencing horror films in general. And I think we've lost a lot of that. I, I, I mean, I think it's it's an interesting uh, play to have them blaming Hollywood in the first film when it's not Hollywood's fault. It's these kids. Uh, but in this one, it's actually Hollywood's fault and we're looking at them getting away with it. So, I mean, there's still some merit in it, but I, I think that this was just too soon um, and not in regards to what was going on in the world Columbine, but just for the sequel, I think it, it just feels tired and like it's it's reaching where as even in the second one it reached in parts but it still had some of what made the first one so strong left to to inject into it whereas i i just i don't feel a lot of that in this um well go ahead. we alluded to it earlier but let's talk about the jamie kennedy cameo and how big of a fucking reach that was in this movie. So I'm pause real quick and say that I'm sorry that, that your smooth brains can't appreciate high art. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I just keep looking at those bangs, buddy. It's hard to pay attention. Ooh, yeah. Didn't didn't David Arquette come out and apologize for Courtney Cox's bangs and say it was his idea? <laughs> there's a, I think there's a deleted scene where Ghostface actually burns her hair. <laughs> That's how she got those. So Jamie Kennedy's character is brought back in this movie by his sister who shows up on the movie lot with a videotape that they found. And it's his character talking about, hey, guys, if there's ever a third killing that starts up after all this, here's the rules for a trilogy. And it's, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding Are those me. rules of a trilogy, though? Because that's where I think this one hurt is, is too. There's rules to a sequel. And this one, it's like, there are no rules. I don't think that's the rules of a, is that the rules of a third movie? Is that what Godfather 3 sucks? No, it was supposed to be in 3D. Godfather 3, Return of the Jedi. I mean, come on, we're running Jaws 3D. We're running out of rules here. Things it are was supposed to be off. 3D. That's what Scream 3 should have been. <laughs> so I should have watched Godfather 3, the cousins sleep together in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's also surprising that with Wes Craven already having made New Nightmare, that he would jump back into this because so much of it feels the same i mean this is more playful. and i agree i think the meta had worn thin at this point yeah what made what made it different now was trope right and i think the first two had more suspense i will say re-watching it um this last time this is the one that actually made me jump that's what i realized is they had jump scares in this one instead well the uh, dad will make you jump it exactly and the daddy uh, mac will make you but instead of uh, instead of like more suspense, it's just uh, especially when there's one killer, and the killer's in front of her, and now he's outside the window and grabs her. But I don't know. I will say uh, my favorite part of the movie is probably when she does go back um, in the movie set of uh, Stu's house and her house. I do kind of like that. But yeah. I love um, that. Uh, Are you surprised I, that the guy wearing the Nilbog hoodie? is defending scream three <laughs> like I, I get that i get that a lot of this is is silly is that a hoodie? I, I, I thought that was one of your uh i thought that was like one of your priest robes <laughs> well i think it's important to remember too that this is all within the context of the franchise yeah scream three is still better than probably 80 percent of the horror movies released oh, yeah. from the last 10 years <laughs> fair. I, did, fair. I don't fair. want people to think like, oh, well, he doesn't like it. I still watch it. Uh, I've still probably seen it way too many times. But yeah, earlier this year, I had rewatched the franchise, and I was, and I, had, I knew I went into three knowing it sucked, and then I went left knowing I was like, oh, that's not that bad. And then you guys reconvinced me that it's not that good. <laughs> this viewing, but, no. I think the reason uh, for me that it was a letdown though is is when three came out, this was sold as a trilogy, and this is the final. Uh, kind of like Freddy's Dead marketing, where it's like they save the best for last. Well, um, they lied <laughs> on several accounts. I also took. I had a problem with him blowing up the house because <laughs> it's totally not how he would kill somebody. If that's the case, then why don't you get everybody in the mansion at the end and then just blow <laughs> it up? <laughs> you know, that, that, is, that fair. is a fair observation. 
lot of reason being applied to the third screen. <laughs> we didn't. Uh, we we also didn't touch on that. The voice box now can record other people's voices, just like the uh, talk boy from Home Alone. <laughs> this is the father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about how he makes the voice box and he he gets their mother's voice from the previous auditions or films that she had been in. Uh, Rena Reynolds, by the way. <laughs> Which was very much, again, uh, I guess that would be Friday the 13th too. Mother is talking to you. <laughs> Sydney, mother is talking to you. Yes, you can actually hear their shoulder dislocating from reaching so far. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as we talk about meta on top of uh, meta on top of meta, I also like that in uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, they find themselves on the scream set. <laughs> Wait, this face, is why you love it. They take face masks off, and it's Suzanne the orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> That's my girlfriend's monkey. <laughs> about that screen three <laughs> uh lance hendrickson's in this movie that's a good thing he sure he is funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah well so did, i mean did that's they, the thing do they explain how uh dewey had like this whole like gimp thing going in the second movie and then this one it's completely gone uh, well probably funny. physical therapy Come on now. It works, I guess. I think maybe you could chalk it up to he was like, oh, maybe I was playing dumb or something, but I I don't know. Maybe I was uh, showing a weakness to take advantage of them, or maybe he was just like, I'm not limping this movie. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and this He's is the one. Uh, those good consultant fees fixing it all up. <laughs> and this is the one that has the Kaiser Soze ending, right? Where Dewey <laughs> yeah. walks away at the end and his limp goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. That was another scary movie. Damn it! <laughs> um, Who's Kaiser Soze? Okay. <laughs> Who is Kaiser Soze? Please don't um, kick me off the show. <laughs> I think when we talk about ridiculous killers for the ending, and I think this is why I, at this point in my life, enjoy watching this one over the second one, is that the second one took itself seriously and tried to make Billy's mom the killer. Whereas this one was goofy on top of goofy and they, they invented Sydney's brother in Hollywood as the killer. And I think something about that, it's not that it works for me. It's just that I'm like, Oh, well the whole movie was goofy. So I'm willing to concede that her, her uh, illegitimate brother in Hollywood is the killer. <laughs> if I can, yeah. if I can make a case for myself. Whew. They didn't sell you short, at least. They let you know from the beginning. <laughs> you could have made you could have made Randy the killer, who faked his own death in the second movie. Why sure. not have Matthew Lillard's twin do it? <laughs> hey, Todd's got money in Vegas right now, waiting that that is the plot for Scream Five. <laughs> no, no, Scream Five. It's not the twin. It's that Stu didn't die. Uh, I wish they could have figured out some way to have actual uh henry winkler playing himself on a happy days reunion uh tie into this i don't know didn't work (laughs) 
Okay, well, wrap it up. Scream three. I see everyone's running out of juice here. Let's run. Yeah, out come on, give it. Scream four. Todd, what year was that? Uh, all the way up to twenty eleven. Man, oh man. Uh, Scream four is one that I was rather indifferent about when it came out. Uh, the joke from the previous episode is that Professor's sister saw me at some social gathering and she was very thrilled about Scream 4 and she says, hey, what would you think of Scream 4? And I was like, hey, it was a fourth Scream movie, you know? But <laughs> as time has gone on, um, I, 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 I really enjoy Scream 4. So that's, Oh my God! That's me, uh, Professor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember how I felt about this when we initially recorded, but it struck me after watching this right after 3 that this had more to say. Yeah. Um, and that Kevin Williamson brought back, you know, some of what he had to offer with the writing. Let's leave it at that and let other guys spend more time on it that haven't already. Brent, uh, I, the first time I watched this movie, it was, it, you know, when I heard that they were making one, I rolled my eyes because I had seen the third one. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. I tried to watch this on Netflix and I made it past the opening to where she gets to the bookstore and turned it off. And then I went back and revisited it, and I really like this movie. Uh, <laughs> Suck it, one, Vinny. what? Yeah, <laughs> look at your face, Vinny. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I just, uh, it's like you said, it, they've got more to say with this one, and um, I don't know. Just watching it, you know, today for this, you realize. I'm like, man, everybody looks so much better in this one than they did in the, the two sequels for some reason. It's like, you know, you get older and you're like, man, you just look better. I'm like, David Arquette, you got the little gray in your hair. I'm like, if I if I swung that way, I'd be all over you, David Arquette. I'd you. But yeah, I, I like this and I uh, it kind of stepped up the technology part and... Um, I don't know. I just like this one. Before we hear Todd gush about it, Vinny, let's hear you on your bullshit. <laughs> uh, it would be unfair to say that I hate it because I don't hate it. <laughs> it would be unfair to say that. And I will agree that it benefits from having so many years in between where three, I think, is probably the majority of the reason why it shit the bed so hard is because they were cranking them out like they were Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Uh, so they were able to formulate a decent story for this. It takes Sydney Again, it's not, it's not relatable because I've never written a bestseller book, but it, it's the progression for that character that makes sense that she comes to terms with it. Um, but having already watched three screen movies and then following it up with a fourth, I was just exhausted with the series by the time I watched this. And I don't think anything was going to draw me back into the franchise by the time this fourth one came out. I think it's serviceable. I don't think it's bad, but I also don't think it's good. And I don't, uh, not great. I, it's good enough. It's not great, but I, I still just don't find it to be necessary. It was just, let's, inter let, let's introduce, let's take our older characters 
but let's throw in some younger ones to make sure we appease the teenagers. I don't know. I wasn't thrilled with it. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't thrilled with it. Had they had Matthew McConaughey in it with a steampunk leg with a remote, I might have been into it. <laughs> Toby. Uh, I really like Scream 4. Um, I saw it in the theater. Um, I don't think this one did very well, which at this point, Weinsteins were, were trying to actually get away from horror. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that uh, along with Halloween, Scream also is no longer property of the Weinstein brothers. Um, I will say um, there is stuff that I find annoying for movies that is in Scream. So like a a lot of the younger kids. I can't say they're not necessary because I think having it back tied in with like the high school and the party and the, to me, the idea of four is like, uh, is, uh, is remakes. So, um, I still really like it. The definitely didn't see the killer coming because who would have thought Nancy Drew was the killer? Um, Especially at that time when uh, Emma Emma Roberts was only playing um, like wholesome roles, so the fact that she went full Fight Club at the end of the movie and um, was dropping f bombs was a little weird for her at the time. Um, the movie nerd, though, I'm like, you can't be a movie nerd and be pretty, except for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the um, actress's name again, Todd? The the movie nerd one, um, yeah. Hayden Pantiera. <laughs> Hayden Pantiera. Penitentiary. She knows her name. Penitentiary. Um, <laughs> Kirby. <laughs> so um, the be- the beginning is probably the most off to me, other than three, but it's still fun because like the movie in a movie. Yeah. Um, Oh, Alexa is talking in the basement. I don't know what's going on now. Oh, my back here. Come back here, Josh. No is one's this an elaborate tie-in to part four that you're doing right now? Uh, maybe. maybe. The ghost might have found me. This is part five. He's going to come through. <laughs> Scareface like scare is the, coming. The thing is with this series, I feel like the killer reveal only made sense in the first movie. I think all the rest of them just were a, a reach. The first one I bought the the narrative, but for all the rest of them, I just felt like it, it was a reach. Yeah, I agree. Viewers don't need the 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 mind blowing motive. Just pull back the curtain and show us at the end. I the the reality of of having a relative enraged with jealousy over you making a success out of your victimhood. Is kind of well, goofy. You already have twice. a good plot vehicle that got us there. That would be twice, though. Three and four. Yeah. True. Um, I heard rumors that the fifth film was just going to be a shape, and it was going to be someone who didn't know her or wasn't related to her at all, just trying to kill her. <laughs> um, man, I lost it. I lost that little fault that was there. Did, were I you guys... Say, uh, <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead, Todd. I was gonna say when when I met Nev Campbell, though, it's she signed my screen poster because it, it is one of my favorite lines, though. But she did put on my poster, "Don't fuck with the original," which probably was a uh, 
I do love that moment, and I, I will say the audience cheered when they said that because at this point, people were sick of remakes of uh, horror movies. But I also love too when they're doing the trivia thing, and um, they they're like, "Name the groundbreaking remake," and she literally names like three hundred movies that all came out in a span of like three years. There, so those are probably like two of my favorite scenes of the of the fourth movie. Did, was this one it, just makes me feel old. Go ahead, Brent. <laughs> I was going to say, did the that character with the uh, the headset on the whole movie? I I mean, anybody that's constantly filming in any movie, I'm like, can we get this guy out of here? Like, <laughs> yeah. But I For did. Sure. I did appreciate how they did that character because he, you know, any other time you're running from a, you know, an uh, an alien, whatever that one uh, movie is with the Cloverfield where it's like, Oh, I got to keep the camera up the whole movie to, you know, catch the action. But it was like Google glasses or whatever it was, but I did appreciate how they did that. Um, and I thought it was clever. And I think, did they ever do like some kind of spinoff where they had that film footage, like a short that seemed like something cool. They could have released. Uh, I'm shocked they didn't the kill, like the quote killer cut or whatever it was. Can you yeah. see all that footage? I thought that would be cool. Like, I don't trust anyone that wears a Bluetooth headset the whole time, let alone a video <laughs> camera headset. <laughs> I thought you promised to quit teasing me about that. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep dropping subtle hints, but I do think uh, it's pretty cool that Wes Craven was still able, and I know I mentioned this on the, the first time we recorded on this, that he was very good at, at tapping into the the moment with the youth it didn't matter when he was making the movie he was he was always good at, at kind of creating us against them with younger people and what was going on in the world at the time and i think the scream franchise is no different and even still 11 years later he's doing the same thing with that with our the well for some people the dependence on social media uh, the validation of the likes and the support and the traction that you get and so i think it's interesting that he, I think that's what drove in, us into having this sequel. They had something different to say, and it's it almost feels bizarre to me that it's been almost as long since Part 4 came out as it had been when Part 4 came out from 3. It feels like it just came out a couple years ago. I'm getting old. Well, I'm glad I'm not. Sure. That's what I, and, and 5 Ghostface is going to say that a lot. I'm getting too old for this shit. Because Danny Glover is actually playing Ghostface. <laughs> Did you Did, say Vinny? He's playing Ghostface. Danny Glover. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. I did feel like when she's, uh, you know, stabbing herself and doing the flatback bump through the uh, coffee table, <laughs> I felt like like if you just could have cut in Jim Carrey from Liar Liar... Just being like, I'm beating myself or kicking my own at whatever he's like. I, I will say that once they revealed who the killers were, when you go back and look at the rest of the movie, neither one of those people were in that ghost face outfit. <laughs> like the, the the build is not the same for either person. Oh, are you saying that Culkin kid ain't swole? <laughs> I, I, I and Ghostface uh, got the ever living shit kicked out of him in this movie. The the, the <laughs> extra clutchiness and um and uh, it kind of made sense with the those two being the killer. Yeah. Other than the, the surprise kills where they would just run up on him and kill him, but 
I do. Uh, I do really like um, uh, Mary Shelton's character in this, though. Uh, kind of like a female Dewey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely a female Dewey. Which she uh, she is in the fifth one too. So cool. Also, um, I don't know how, but uh, Drew Barrymore is in the fifth movie. So, well, uh, she's the twin of the girl who got killed well, in the first one. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say that um, the new like ones about because uh, Kevin Williamson just posted photos saying uh, production has started, and uh, the the name of the movie is called Scream. Okay. <laughs> Like yeah, I, didn't, I didn't see anybody online was like, yeah, that's good. We should do that. You know, like, <laughs> no, your like when they named <laughs> Halloween, Halloween. I was like, okay, <laughs> come on, man. Like, you know, the title why... throws people off when, when they were pissed that it, it's not called five, five cream. <laughs> five cream. I, I own five cream, by the way. That's uh, <laughs> not a movie you want to show to a lot of people. <laughs> I, 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 I own the, the internet. first four. Did you guys feel like the movie after the reveal went on too long? Because they even mentioned, you know, the the climax, not the climax, and then they're you're in the <laughs> hospital, and you're like, okay, we got it. Like, I think yeah. it's a two hour movie. I I don't know. I get antsy after ninety minutes anymore. You know, what is it you guys always say after 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 ninety? You have to earn every minute. Yep. Yeah. The first ninety or years after that, you got to earn it. Yeah. So this is almost two hours. As was the second one, and that's I think that's that's a thing that kind of jars me about the second one. Well, and I don't I don't think it helps anything to see Emma Roberts actually in action, like in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing too. I brought it up in the original uh, episode, but like this is pre American Horror Story Emma Roberts, and like so she does not have her acting chops. Um, in this film that she does now, like don't be wrong, Emma Roberts is. I think you want her ass. dad to come at you. Keep talking. <sighs> These hands are rated E for everyone. All right, so I'll give them <laughs> to her dad. I'll give them to her. You take your pick. All right, you're, so, ready, for, you're ready for Eric Roberts. Yeah, sure. I thought it was Big Jake the mistake. Snake Roberts because he's bringing he's bringing Gary Busey with him. <laughs> he will tear out your endocrine system. <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? You've been sitting on that for years. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like she's not bad in this movie, but she's just she can't she can't carry she didn't carry the role then like I think she could carry the role now. So are you saying she doesn't have the acting ability that Nev Campbell has? The ring? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have the no, ring. What I'm saying is that I hope <laughs> that I hope that her twin sister shows up in the new movie. I, I will say something to uh, to to uh, to bridge what you just said. <laughs> when you rewatch this, and you know that she's the killer, she's doing a horrible fucking acting job of not being the killer because she just makes a big point. Like when you watch all the scenes with her in it, I'm like, you can clearly tell she's the killer. Nope, don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything left to say about Scream 4 or anything else about Scream? Yes. So, quickly, there is a TV series. Oh, yes. That did three seasons. Todd just Um, watched it in the last 40 hours. Now he's flexing on us. Now, now wait. So, I've seen Scream 1. I've seen the first two seasons of Scream. I had not seen three. 
So the first episode of, of the, the television show is directed by Wes Craven. It has a scream fill, but the whole show doesn't acknowledge the movies. It's in another world, and it has nothing to do with the movies. And I think that was probably Wes's being smart of that he knew that they would start making movies again, and he didn't want it tarnished by a TV show. Um, the Mask is horrible in the first two seasons. And um, there's like a Halloween movie or whatever is how they finished the season two. And then three is produced by all different people. Um, and uh, and the, the original Ghostface comes back. But again, uh, costume it has nothing to do with the screen movies. Um, except for uh, at the beginning, uh, Candyman kills a little kid wearing the ghost uh, Ghostface. So that's cool. But um, so, yeah, that's the TV series. Um, so really nothing too exciting there, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited for Scream 5, especially with... Do we know when that's it. coming out? Well, they, they announced it um, during the uh, start of the apocalypse this year, and then uh, <laughs> I, I got really excited when I seen January, but didn't notice it said January 2022. Gotcha. So probably, that's if everything uh, goes right. They can build a Taco Bell in a week, but it's going to take two years to film Scream 5. Well, <laughs> who, who wants to bring anything out right now? So it's actually done uh, filmings. I imagine the, the long wait is that there's already 300 movies that's been postponed that's just sitting on a shelf somewhere that they're going to have to compete with. Put it in the damn red box. I'll rent it. Ew. I will say that this Scream TV series mask either looks like it's from Slipknot <laughs> um, or Hellfest, or it looks like they put the original mask in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you took uh, the Scream mask and an arse face from Preacher <laughs> and married the two of them. <laughs> Gold. So what we're trying no- to say, listeners, is watch this show. <laughs> do we think there's going to be any major deaths in uh, Scream Five? Then I, I think I think uh, the fact that that no major Dewey or Gale should have died in at least the last movie. I don't think um, Dewey will. I think Dewey could have remained, but I think I think Four would have been a better movie if Gale would have died, just because it would have added to the fact that um, that she died. So I don't know. I, maybe the opening of the new movie will be one of them biting. And and that would be a hell of a way to open it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's like that, that would definitely shock the shit out. What if they kill off Sydney and it's just Dewey and <laughs> and Gale for the rest of the movie? Woo boy, uh, yeah. Dewey's very quietly been kind of a backbone to the series. I think it's an mm-hmm. interesting relationship from Jump with him being almost more naive and childish than the kids in high school are, uh, but. Yet there he is getting carted off on the stretcher with the thumbs up and playing hero throughout. So I hopefully they leave him alone. Well, I think I think the fact that they knew because uh, again I think he was supposed to die in the second one too. Um, I think they know. I think that's why they don't kill him off because they know uh, they, they were dumb enough with Randy. I think Dewey's. The, I think you could probably get away with killing Sydney over Dewey. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, good movies. Anybody's game at this point. Um, I'm I'm shocked though. Uh, 
no one ever talks about that Scream is based on um, a true story. So I'm shocked that they have never done more with that um, mm. about the, the serial killer that it's based on. Gainesville Ripper. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's very loose. But I one one thing, I a uh, little nugget that I thought was interesting is uh, where they filmed this, the, the mask that they discovered was in the bedroom of a house they were scouting which is right across the street from the house used in Hitchcock's Shadow of a Doubt. Um, so I'd like to visit that neighborhood sometime. We need to go to Woodsboro. But yes. uh, I, I don't, we never mentioned that either, though. I think the costume is perfect because this costume was in every Halloween store ever. Um, so when Scream came out, man, this was something that, that anybody could have bought and had in their home. Yeah. Well, and, it all, and it also made for... Even even within the movie, where they're like, "Well, do we have anything on the mask?" And I was like, "Well, you can find it at every five and dime." Yeah, right. Yeah, I I did appreciate that end of it. That that it was such a common and even in our real life setting, it was yeah. such a common thing that anybody could have gotten their hands on it. And and I don't remember if it was the it might have been the first movie where West liked the the mask that they actually paid all these like I think even K and B. They paid all these people to like redesign the mask and was like, nah, let's just use the one that you just bought out of Spencer's. Uh huh. Yeah, I that think- was one thing when the film came out. I was like, I was like, oh, that, that looks kind of dumb because that's that mask <laughs> I saw down at Woolworth last week. Like, it just didn't <laughs> yeah. seem like anything that would pop. But the deal they made with the mask, the mask makers were like, yeah, you can use our mask just as long as everyone that gets sold from now on still has our seal on it. Which yeah, I mean, which that's I- kind of Halloween. Yeah, you know, that mask is available everywhere in that franchise. Still, it's the beginning of Scream Four. The town's decorated like it. I'm like, God damn! Like, <laughs> they're really leaning into that. And then you find out later it's people putting that stuff up. But still, I'm like, ooh, that, this town doesn't give a shit, right? <laughs> it's like Point Pleasant with the Mothman. They just embraced it. It's yeah, like, like Texas. Where do like you Tex find Arcana. the space costume? What's that? Like the ones that they had on the street post. I was like, where do you find one of those? <laughs> right. And I was going to say, it's like Texarkana, how they watch uh, Town That Dreaded Sundown every year. Yeah. Like fam- families are like, you know, our families died there, right? Yeah. And they're yeah. like, Immediate big festival. Family dog, members it's of awesome. Do you, do you yeah, think they it's play like. play it in the park where two of the people were killed. God <laughs> damn. Do you, think it's like the, uh, do you think it's like the Stabathon where people know every line in the movie and they all say it at the same time? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think I remember hearing Craven say that he put the original mask in filming before they'd gotten clearance for it and just kind of hoped that they could work it out. <laughs> all right. Wrap it up. The revisit of the Scream franchise. I am one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I've been joined by Professor Wagstaff. Venom is Vinny. Hot Toddy. Bloody Brent. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Big thank you to our guest, Brent Turgeon. Brent, been a joy. Anytime you want to come back, let us know. We'd love to have you back on and we can... uh, we can talk about another franchise that uh, maybe uh, uh, gets you a little more excited. Let's just talk about Scream again. <laughs> yeah, we'll pick something that's easier to make fun of. <laughs> no, I, I I love Scream, and I appreciate you guys having me on because I like I told you before we were recording, uh, the pandemic quarantine walks was filled with uh, Midwest monsters. So, well, we're flattered. 
Thank you. Thank you. Glad to have you. So, all right, everybody, take care of yourselves and stay scary.